Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual Healing. This episode of You're Making It Worse is brought to you by the Elliot Glazer On-The-Go Pube Trimming Kit. <laughs> how, many, how many times have you, like Elliot, found yourself making eyes with a stranger at a truck stop only to remember my pubes are a mess? Well, not anymore. The Elliot Glazer On-The-Go Pube Trimming Kit features everything you'd need to quickly prepare your genitals within 90 seconds for an anonymous rendezvous. The kit comes with stencils, a solar-powered trimmer, a tiny broom and dustpan, and 12 different quick-dry colors ranging from jet black to hot pink and neon green. The kit was recently endorsed by the Association of Flight Attendants and the National Alliance <laughs> of doomsday preppers. As the founder, president, and CEO, Elliot always says, the greatest danger facing America isn't an invisible pathogen or tyrannical leadership, it is unkempt pubes. Join me in building a better society for future generations. The amount of time you think you get to tell a joke on this podcast, sir. Oh my God. <laughs> nuts we should also add that we were just gonna go into a regular segment <laughs> brent just blind started it us. just started it no no warning that time i usually give him a little warning no my warning boy my boyfriend said Wait, my, no. my boyfriend my boyfriend said recently why does brent, why does brent think about what you do so much <laughs> It's a fair question. Oh my God. It's a fair question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so the topic at hand. Eric Trump, while appearing on Fox and Friends, <laughs> clumsily said he was a part of the gay community when referencing how LGBT people support his dad. So oh. Eric Trump said, quote, the, LG, uh, the LGBT community, they're incredible. You should see how they come out for my father every <laughs> single day. Then Eric added, I am a part of that community and we love the man. Uh, it is, I do, love, I do love how, I know, I love how like, <laughs> he only loves the community when he talks about how much they love his own father. Like yeah. that's yeah. the only yeah, circumstance in which he could say good things. But 
So obviously no surprise here. It didn't go over very well with gay people. Uh, you know, needless to say, I don't think there's any like hidden meaning. I think he probably just almost certainly just misspoke. Um, uh, it was Fox so funny Friends. though, to see people, I mean, it really was funny to see people responding on social media. I, I only poked around a little bit, but yeah. God, I mean, the, the level, like setting up that kind of joke was br was almost brilliant in and of itself, you know, yeah. just, just setting up that, that, that joke. And, uh, Again, I mean, for me, it's like all they do, all the, I don't know what it is in Trump world, but there's so few facts and there's so few specifics that someone like Eric Trump can, just like his dad, just say yeah. they and them and- Yeah, yeah. without having to they. quantify anything. No quantification, yeah. no specifics, just they do this, they it say does, this. It does blow me away though. Like, and, I, and I, I, I get that the numbers, the polling numbers show that, you know, support for Trump is largely in line with what it was in 2016 and, and for other Republican amongst candidates in yep. the past. Yep. Yeah, but amongst gay people. And I get all of that. But I do get the sense, and I've said it on this podcast before, that, you know, Trump, at least in terms of what he says, is the most progressive Republican president with get on gay issues for what he says, not what he does. There's a big difference right, there. Right. And 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 the people that I in a story I did for out years ago during the during 2016's election, like the reaction that white gay men, specifically white gay men, have to Trump blows me away sometimes, especially those white gay men who are often ornery and they like being sort of like I mean, I'm just, I'm, am I describing Brent? No, but it could <laughs> qualify for him as well. Oh but, my God. But some, some get white gay men who are very sort of like, they like sort of testing the waters a little bit and they like sort of getting a reaction. And they also really liked not liking Hillary Clinton. And there By is- By the way, a, I loved Hillary Clinton, but yes, continue. Yes, continue. Brent is not one of them. Yeah, 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 right. Those gays worry me because they are so a part of the problem. You know what I mean? And like, they're the kind of gays that Eric Trump is talking about that he talks to every day. Well, you know, I, so I think uh, I hear you um, and we won't get into the weeds on that, but I, I, I definitely hear your point. I think, you know, any demographic, um, everyone knows if you look at breakdowns of exit polls, you know, the, 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 the strongest majority voting block for the Democratic Party are African-Americans. They are generally 90%, sometimes even north of it for the Democrat candidate. And uh, gay people are relatively, I would say very consistently pro-democratic, usually 75 to 80. I think Hillary got something like 85% of the, of the gay vote. I think the reality is almost always in a big country with differing views and opinions, there's gonna be segments of any population of people who are contrarian, do genuinely have, despite how ridiculous it might seem to us, do genuinely just have conservative points of view. And so, you know, I think if, if you told me that uh, Trump got 15% of the vote, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that, I wouldn't be shocked just because that, that is, seems, first of all, that's a very, very small percentage of, of, of gay people, but that, that kind of makes sense to me that that's a, a very small percentage of people and it's not representative of a community that is in large part quite liberal and votes for, for sure. candidates that largely support their rights. Um, I feel like he doesn't, like if I'm gonna be just, just sort of a straight shooter about it, I feel like Trump's ire I feel like he was, he's not going to shed a tear for for gay people, but I think if anything, like 
his real hatred is focused on people of color mm -hmm. and in policy we've seen it we've seen them just try to chip away at reversing the trans experience yeah. just trying to invalidate trans people's lives over and over and over and but yet still play lip service and the thing is right. and we've talked about this before but he does it by not publicly doing it himself he does it in small areas of the government in which it can easily be right. snuck in there whereas he's the one in 2015 or 16 or whatever telling caitlin jenner that she can openly use any bathroom she wants at the right. trump tower so like he's having it both ways and this is exactly right. and this is what he think i think this is what went during the debate when he brought up the whole proud boys situation and that everything that that was a big part of Proud Boys is those sort of radical gays who are a part of that proud Gavin McGinnis Proud wait, wait, Boys wait, a group. A big part of it? Not a big part of it, but a part of it is sort of like the Milo Yiannopoulos's, the, you know, those guys who were supporters yeah. and, and worked with proud, proud Boys or whatever. And it's and it's not a huge part, of course. Yes, they don't care about gay people just as much as Trump doesn't care about gay people. But as a gay person, it is really troubling that we have such vocal honorary gays out there who are willing to do what Trump says. Uh, I um, I was actually shocked. So uh, there are some Trump ads that for whatever reason are running in the LA media market, which is incredibly expensive, maybe because of some, uh, there's a couple of house races that are, that are gonna be close. And Orange that County. Are in and around, yeah, LA and OC. But regardless, I saw an ad for him recently and it absolutely blew me away because it featured this shockingly diverse cast of folks who, and, and I, I'm, I'm gonna pinpoint one guy in particular. There was a guy in the ad who I would say was a very effeminate black man who was like, I'm voting for Trump. And outside of the, look, of course I understand that there are some uh, men of color who will vote for Trump. All of that aside, what blew me away about it was that the last two years of his campaign, I mean, the last four years largely, but the last two years have been a play for the base. We know at every turn, he will do everything he can to uh, inspire the, the most uh, degenerates of that party. He, mm -hmm. he says the most offensive, appalling, racist things, undermining the integrity of our democracy. So I was surprised to see an ad that featured, that looked like a Chili's commercial. It but right, that he was that he's reaching out people. to be, to look inclusive. Yeah, but that, exactly. That's not, it's not, yeah, he's playing to the base, but it's all about what Elliot just said, about reaching out to look inclusive because he needs to be able to have that commercial exist so that he can then say in a debate, what, I've done more for black Americans. Just look at this, look at the people in this ad who are supporting me or look at whatever. Like it's all lip service. Well, of course it's lip service. I'm not, I'm, I'm not arguing it is representative of, of his followers. I'm just saying, I'm surprised to see him do it. I think it would be better for him just to have a bunch of, you know, clips of oh, you're a bunch saying, of white guys holding signs at his rallies. You're saying basically that it, that you, that even though, you know, he doesn't, you're saying, sorry, you're saying that ultimately you are surprised that he would even care enough to pretend to be inclusive rather than just paint the picture that you see at the rallies, which and, is white guys. And more important, I think the followers he's trying to motivate aren't Im impressed by that. Yeah. If anything, I think they're the ones who've been arguing there's too much of that, you right. know? And so that's yeah. why I was surprised to see an ad that was that was diverse, because it's like, mm -hmm. he's, been, he's been playing to racists 
since day one. Why would yeah. you? Why would you put? Why would you put a diverse collection of people? Maybe it's literally just in L.A. and like maybe it's just in like L.A. and New York. Oh, no, I'm sure like, it's in the South too. I'm wondered, sure. There's... I wondered that too. Yeah, but I also wonder, like you know, in a weird way, I feel like it's just him trying to set up because he's he's really good friends with Mike Tyson apparently, and he thinks mm-hmm. that I've read this that he thinks that his friendship with Mike Tyson is an indication of why he isn't racist. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. that's what a great, what a great point. How yeah. that's so interesting. Mm. I honestly, I just want to know, like, in in all curiosity, like, he apparently loves uh, um, Elton John. Yes, he does. And, like, is that how he sees gays? Like, is that like he's so old? He's so st- old and weird that I'm like, what is he? Does he think gay is like whatever he thinks of Elton John from like 1981? <laughs> you know, but like Putin doesn't Putin love Elton John? Yeah. Putin and Elton John are friends, and Putin is way more anti. What if Elton John is the great equalizer for the gays? I think he's tried. It hasn't worked yeah. very well, though. <laughs> Not even joking. All right, we are here with B, uh, or uh, Just B. At Pet Just Shop B. Boy <laughs> of at Pet Shop Boy on Instagram. Uh-huh. Hi, B. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for doing How the show. Doing? Of course, yeah. You're also a pod, like, yeah, podcast right. yourself too. <laughs> Thank you. you. you host the just B by list. just by going by B is like very mask. Mm. Yeah, I, th- like, I always think like immediately to like B Arthur. That's my first. I was gonna say oh. gender like gender neutral. Yeah, it's right there. We both. Yeah, you have like yeah. a tattoo. With, yeah, I remember yeah, but, that. Um, Alan, you might want to pull up your arm. We too. both do. You're making me get unwired <laughs> and shit. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, you have the full oh. cast. Okay, He's got all four. Brent, I'm really serious about this gay thing. Brent, yeah. time to pull down your pants and show. Mm-hmm. Yep, time but- to pull down my pants. I have a, I have a, a tattoo of a fly right above my penis. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's from the Mariah Carey album, but he mm-hmm. mistook it for butterfly fly. It was a yeah, big yeah, problem. Yeah, it was, I was drunk when I got it. So what are you gonna do? So B, you are um, sort of. A, I mean, you kind of do a little bit of everything. I mean, I think of you as sort of an aesthetic, like you're. You've, you've always had this sort of aesthetic because, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna get it out of the way. We met on LiveJournal. Oh, <laughs> oh, right, I think you told us that. Plot twist. We met, this is bigger than wow. Trump's taxes. <laughs> we, met, we met like, I mean, I don't even wanna say like what, over a decade ago on yeah. LiveJournal. Had to have been. Yeah, when, and, and I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but for me, that era, it's so weird, but like <laughs> that era of blogging, whatever it was at the time was like, kind of- I don't even know what you would call it. It's similar to what stories are now. <laughs> kind of, like yeah. Longer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was traditional blogging in the, in, the, in the diary sense, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. time yeah. stamped and everything. But you, even back then, I remember you had a very specific aesthetic. You had like a lot of like Polaroid pictures and it was very like, oh. Um, oh. Okay. it felt like American apparel Oh, okay. oh! Like it was. I, I've never thought about it that way, but yeah, I guess I don't know. It's like when you're in it, you don't even know what you yeah. kind of like. You're just doing it. I mean, I was young, and I, I just I was I'm a like I was a photo major in school, so I'm a photographic like memory kind of person, and I deal in images and moving images and stuff like that. So I would just have tons of like images just saved in my computers and eventually on my phone and all of that stuff. So I never knew where to put it all, you know? And you were so in live journal. Sort of like carries over till today. So, you know. That's yeah. right. And you were in Boston yeah. at that time, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. School in Boston. School wait, in Boston. wait, so wait, so let me ask you with your live journal, like this is obviously pre, of course, all the social media when I think uh -huh. like the illusion of powers infused into posting and follows and all that stuff. So like, mm -hmm. what did you want out of live journal when if you were a regular poster, which it sounds like you were, what did you want? Did you want connection? Did you want a bunch of people to follow you? What was what it was about? behind didn't the like, think in terms of following, following, like I didn't think about the following back then. It was honestly, I started live journal, I think, because a guy that I had a crush on in college had mm. one and I wanted to do uh, it to stalk him and to get yeah. him to notice me. Yeah. And that was, <clears throat> The run of it you know what i mean but i mean followers and people i met along the way was great but i, I mean, was always I think initially i was just had a crush on someone i was <laughs> always torn between like live journal and blogspot because blogspot was like google's thing right like it was like google's version of live yeah, journal. i feel like that was way more intensive right um from there was right, more you, porn like, was there was like, more porn oh was there okay yeah. yeah there was like i mean it was like you were like an actual blogger i mean on live journal we were just kind of posting photos and talking about your daily schedule. And yeah, stuff like that. What were you posting, Elliot? What Polaroids were oh, you posting? I wasn't posting <laughs> oh, Polaroids. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was sort of like a bizarre cross section of like pop, like niche pop culture, you know, like we, like my favorite, like weird stuff, you know, and then also just kind of um, like a little bit of like emo stuff, me being like, oh, emo. yes. <laughs> yeah. And then a, unfortunately, a small part of it was me trying to be like deep <sighs> Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it still up? No, it's, still it's up? not still up, no. Oh my, but you too, must yeah. have it backed up somewhere, Elliot. I know you do. You know. <laughs> I don't have it backed up anywhere. Oh, come wow. on. But yeah, there was, I think like UB, I had, it was, I wasn't, I didn't have a crush on anybody, but I certainly tried to, to use. I don't believe that. I don't believe No, no, that, that wasn't my, that wasn't my initial, my initial intent. That's not the reason I, I mm -hmm. it. but like you, I think yeah. at the same time, I also tried to, um, project this sort of like pithy, you know, like yeah, like yeah. New York City guy. Like it was so guy, right. bad, oh my God. so bad. But that all being said, I swear to God, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I really felt like that was truly the sole place at that time where I could look around and find other gay queer people who had a similar mentality or were able mm -hmm. to just kind of be vulnerable in a way and not even like emo or whatever but just like just open and vulnerable and flawed in a way that felt not it didn't feel performative to me mm. yeah it didn't feel performative at that time because it was still pretty new and people weren't um i guess as adept at like uh yeah, being performative online and just well, like, was vanity wasn't you know, a part of it, right? You know, like yeah, vanity, you didn't really like. There wasn't really. There weren't even simple things like filtering tools and stuff like that. I right, mean, it really was really raw, and you didn't really have any kind of precursor to Live Journal. I mean, Live Journal kind of predates Instagram now, but I mean, at that time, it was still pretty new. It's kind of like it's. I, I equate it to like the beginning of reality TV. I mean, you look at like Anna Nicole Smith show and what that was in terms of reality yeah. TV. Which is just like, you know what I mean? And then you see what's on now and it's like- I love Anna night. Nicole so oh much. God, here we go. I mean, that was just the, the two, <laughs> early 2000s in general, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let me- Anna, Anna Nicole was literally the definition of where everything was going, that show. It was, it defines every single yeah. genre. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, like the early 2000s were literally held together with scotch tape. Yeah. Like that's, it's just very collage to me. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing is like- <laughs> A lot of people think a lot of people think the reason Trump was elected started with Anna Nicole Smith's reality show. 
I mean, it's, I can. It started. It started. <laughs> you can, back you can in make a case for that. You can definitely you make a case for I'm that sure because you of Trump would be, with the you would have to yeah. be insane, but yes, you could. <laughs> oh, I think what's special with you is that back then, even back then, as I guess a photo major, you were able to do something that, that hadn't been done yet, from what I remember, which is make all your photos look so good in the same era where we all, I mean, all of us in that era looked so hideous on digital cameras. They managed to make everybody look oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. disgusting. The worst And we thought that that was like lighting. the aesthetic too. We were like, I like how the, like the, <laughs> makes the, the flashes like makes the sweat glisten on your foreheads. So and gross. Yeah. About? <laughs> what an era. Oh my God. When, did, yeah. it, did it transition like into Tumblr? Like, is that sort of the follow through? I guess some people went from there too, but I just kind of, went to MySpace and then oh, oh yeah. yeah you were focused oh, on yeah. that top eight <laughs> I don't really spend that much time on there um I, I kind of took time off from a lot of the internet and then I eventually moseyed over to like Instagram when it I got Instagram I think when it very first began but it was like oh. when I first started Instagram it was just like very basic filtering tools and you would post photos of like food food dogs yeah yeah, yeah. burritos yeah, and it wasn't really a social or your site. Chest. It was more just like a place to put. It wasn't even that. It was like a place to put stuff. La like library like photo. Yeah, um, and then I was like, "This is fucking boring," and so I just would never use it. And then I remember like Rihanna started using it all the time, and she popularized it for me because yeah. the way that she would use it, like she would use it like it was a mix of Twitter and Instagram, mm. like. You know what I mean? And she would use it for memes and she would screenshot a lot of stuff and it didn't have to be just like, I don't know. She kind of like made it more interesting for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's kind of how, like, I mean, how people probably know of you now is through your yeah. Instagram stories. I mean, my boyfriend's sisters share your Instagram stories constantly, <laughs> all the time. You have a demographic. Very with, big with women. Yes, yes, I know. And and you, that, and Real Housewives, and then of course your podcast, The B-List. What, what's, the B-list, what's, yeah. what's The B-List like? Um, It's, I guess, pretty similar to this, right? It's like pop culture. We talk about everything. I mean- Well, we uh, complain about gay people. people. For the... <laughs> do you do that? I always do. Okay. I complain about people. Well, gay people so, specifically are the worst. Oh, the problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Um, me and my producer, um, I have different guests on every week and we talk about a range of things from not just Real Housewives and reality TV, but obviously like pop culture, politics kind of comes into, comes in and out. It's, it's literally just like an audio counterpart to my Instagram stories. That's mm-hmm. kind of what the idea was. I don't really want to like be tied down to just talking about something like a Bravo show. You know, yeah. but you're so, but you are yeah. so good at, you are so good at parsing out stuff from Real Housewives in a way that, that I don't watch. I only watch one, mm-hmm. one of them. I watch New York occasionally. But you feel like you have a good understanding. But I do. I feel like from you, I'm like, oh, I guess I know what Potomac is. My, I wonder if you would agree with this, that each show, each franchise represents a different sort of theme in. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've taken away say... from it. I've said like before, I think that like OC is more like a soap opera, mm-hmm. kind of like tragic. Um, like Atlanta is more satire. New York is more like a sitcom because it kind of reboots <laughs> every episode. That's kind of how they operate. Every show is just like a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say like probably New uh, Potomac falls in between the New York and Atlanta spectrum. What yeah. it, what what when goes on in Potomac? Geographically. 
Oh, it's the, it's the best franchise across. The I board. enjoy it. Why? Enjoy Why? It what goes on it's at really Potomac, great. Maryland? Yeah. I'd love to know what, like, what is. Well, that's the thing is that it's it's kind of like this weird city that nobody really ever thought of. Yeah. Nobody knew. You well, know I mean? correction, correction. I people white, know of it. Yeah. White white people never thought of, but black people and in the East Coast area know yeah. that that is like the city for money, or the yeah, area it's like for a money. Really like um type pocket of like black wealth there and yes. um, a lot of history in terms of like politics yes. and um, you know civil rights leaders and stuff like mm -hmm. that Pe people that were like you know really having to get into that but anyways current day it's actually a pretty small black population I think comparatively because it's mm -hmm. like mostly Jewish people I think that live there mm -hmm. I think yep. which, anyways, which we it, support we support that oh, we support I support <laughs> Jewish people that's okay <laughs> with me community. they are um, you know what they are a-okay if you ask me <laughs> yeah yeah right. two on this um, podcast two on this podcast <laughs> I think that I think that like shows like with housewives I think it's really great when they're like small communities that no one that seem unassuming and because these mm -hmm. women get to like when they're not filming they're just going to the grocery store or shopping for their kids and stuff like that and they're not like speaking to us weekly magazine and stuff like that right, i feel like right. i'm over the idea of stars i like mm -hmm. the idea of like new reality tv people that are like don't really understand the dynamics and the machinations the machinations machinations yeah yeah of like how this this machine works and they're really bad at it, and I love that. But how well, can what's they, interesting they about real... like with with the housewives franchises, which I think is something that Elliot picks up on with the mm -hmm. differences and why they each have a different theme, is what shocks me about it is they're each produced by a different production company. Yeah, like it's yeah, not like there's mm -hmm. not one follow through yeah. for each franchise. <clears throat> Every single one has a different production company, which blows me away. Like, how do they yeah. keep it on brand? I I mean I don't know that, but um. But I do like Potomac, I think, because it is a really great re representation of different types of Black women, as opposed mm -hmm. to, like, maybe Atlanta, I think you kind of get, uh, they start to, like, the attitudes start to kind of blend a bit for me, but, like, with Potomac, you really do get, like, one older <clears throat> woman, two younger women, there's kind of women in the middle range, and then they're also, like, different um, shades of brown, so, like, they mm -hmm. kind of talk about colorism, they talk about how that affects their stand their status, um, in the community and stuff like that. So it's, it, it touches on a lot of stuff that I don't think that the other franchises can even possibly Wait, touch so on. And they're just you... smarter, I think, too. So they're like more equipped to talk about things like race. I want to hear them talk about stuff like that as opposed to like, I don't know, OC, talk about anything. You know, I don't- Are you excited for Salt Lake City? Because that also is a pretty- I was surprised <laughs> I, yeah. at the diversity of the cast. I was not expecting yeah, any people so of color I. on that cast. I know um, a showrunner on the show, so I knew like how oh. the process was going throughout the entire thing. And he was saying that they were a really diverse cast. And then when I saw it, um, I mean, I think when people think of diversity, they think like textbook, oh, two mm -hmm. black women and up three white women. But I think we forget about religious diversity and how that has so many- um, effects on like, you know, how these women kind of- How they perceive the world. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I think that's gonna be really interesting. And I think they'll bring a different like conversation. Has Andy so, Cohen ever slid into your it. DMs with something inappropriate? <laughs> no, but no. I but I do know Andy. I used oh. to date um his, we used to date the same person, not at the same time, oh. but he dated them and then I dated them out. Of course in the gay world like is that's, that's how you know someone is that you dated someone yeah, through someone else. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I think so. I, I think that like like my personal take is that although I haven't watched Potomac, my favorite thing about the Real Housewives of New York, but also I think like you, um, early two like two thousand early reality shows, 
is mm-hmm. that it's before they knew they were performing, you know, in a sense. Like, yeah, like that's, I love like Tiffany that. Pollard didn't know that what she was doing. No, she, she didn't was know. just being Tiffany Pollard and mm-hmm. she's, you know. Yeah, and I love that. I, I, I love and miss that sort of clumsy, awkward, even like the jokes, like the editing jokes in like yeah. early Real Housewives. That to mm-hmm. me is so much more palatable than whatever you see now, which for me, at least, like for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's acting. That's like, a, or, or they're like doing a drag, exaggerated version of reality. Luann right now. Yeah, yeah that I yeah. that I miss. And, cause, and that's, yeah. That's, yeah, see, I think that Potomac is still so far removed. I mean, just geographically, it's so far removed from the major cities yes. that they really do live in a bubble still. And so when they do film, I think they're really just being themselves and you really get that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like kooky women that just like mm-hmm. are very eccentric. And it's just funny to me to think that like Karen Huger, if, she had not been cast on this show would just be walking around in the wild <laughs> with these like crazy blonde wigs shopping at Talbot's and like yeah. you know it's just like oh but I would get the same reality show they are I would yeah yeah I would pay so much money to watch a reality show at Talbot's because I like I like reality shows that take place in office like work environments he um, used to work at a Talbot's oh you do I don't like yeah that. oh I love that and yes I used to work at a Talbot's in high school oh did you I did yeah it was sort of like oh, a, wow. That's so oh my god you did yeah I, was, I worked at Chili's Chili's I was like yeah I was, I was doing a, a bit but I was literally getting paid to work at Talbot's so um it, okay it was reality um, but I, I saw in an interview that you said you love um, being Bobby Brown. Did love that. That was so fucking good. That like, show. Can you, believe that? can you believe that show was on Bravo? No, I yeah. can't believe that show existed. I can believe was it was really on Bravo. Hectic. Like, remember yeah. the Paula Paula Abdul show was on Broadway? Yes. On Bravo. she was like on like crazy and so on pills. So chaotic. So hectic. Bravo was really chaotic back then. But I like mm-hmm. I like chaotic reality television. I like absolutely. I like when it's off. I like when it's there. I just like when it doesn't it doesn't make sense the way it's supposed to make sense. And yeah. being Bobby Brown was, by all accounts, a show about Whitney Houston's drug problem. I mean, mm-hmm. they could oh, say yeah. it was about Bobby, but like the only yeah. reason anybody was tuning in was to watch Whitney Houston uh, disintegrate, and it was so tragic. And yet mm-hmm. there it was for all of us to watch. Mm-hmm. I know. Is that what you loved? What did you What did you find so, I guess? Um... I mean, I, really, I, I did watch it somewhat for Bobby. I think he was like really funny on the show. Their, their chemistry together like, <laughs> right. was yeah. really interesting to watch. It's nothing like them. I mean, I think that maybe like Cardi B and Offset could have had like a, a reality show at some point. Like yeah. I think they probably have like a similar relationship. But both of them would would know to know well know well enough that they'd be um, savvy enough to know that like they can't they should not be like smoking crack right before going on camera. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. basically every every yeah, frame yeah. of that show was like them riding high on cocaine mm-hmm. yeah. without was saying it that ob- was it that apparent oh, Brent, yes. Brent. Oh, yeah. that's why it's so- I, I, I never that's why it's Mama so- was smoked out <laughs> it was yeah. it was unbelievable was I, remember, <laughs> I don't yeah. think we'll ever we'll ever i mean probably for the best we should be grateful for this but i don't think we'll ever get another thing like that because no. cele- celebrities are too in tune with yeah. how like reality tv is so I'm just ubiquitous bl- now feel blessed to have lived through it yeah. So fortunate, really so blessed. Else. I was so blessed. Oh my god! <laughs> wait, I, so you literally every show was about a drug addict. Wait, can every I show. can I can I infuse this real quick, <laughs> Alan? Don't forget, I was I did take the subway for the first time recently, 
and I've never seen this on the subway. It's, but it was a little hollowed out, and a guy took out a crack pipe and started smoking crack oh. on the subway of Los Angeles. I changed cars. I very casually changed cars. Uh, <laughs> okay. That, that was that was the highlight of last week. Go ahead, Alan. Wait. Um. So, B, I need to ask you about the Fire Island brawl that you documented. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. And- yeah. I didn't. Do- which one? The, oh, the, pool, the, the pool party was, fight the pool party there was several that week yeah um, i didn't know there I was, was more than one in p-town at the time and actually someone oh. that follows me sent me that video but i broke it down you know uh, okay so yeah. do you go to fight uh, i what's to me fire island is like the perfect mix of like 1000 percent basic gayness mixed mm-hmm. in with like gay men wearing high heels but yet not actually putting in any work to do drag <laughs> like yeah <laughs> okay you, yeah like and I, p-town's a little bit different i think in p-town's that. crunchier and grungier and yeah right? p-town's yeah. a little like quieter there are women there see there's women there it's a yes. it's a fully functional town uh all year round do you know what i mean yeah but yeah like, fire island really shuts down it's only for the summer but um and there's no transportation in Fire Island. You just walk everywhere. So that kind of changes the dynamic a bit. I kind of prefer Fire Island just because it's closer to the city. Yeah. And the houses all have pools. But do you ever, whenever you're there, yeah. whenever you're there and like, let's say like you see some like muscled homosexual struggling to put on his pair of high heels. Do you <laughs> ever have this moment where like you take yourself back and you're like, what world is this? Like, where am I and how did we get here? You forget. It's kind of like, I get, like I feel like, I imagine that's how you feel when you're on a reality show. Like the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's cameras everywhere, but then you soon forget. That's mm-hmm. how you feel like after about day two in Fire Island, you're like, what was it like outside of this place? You really do lose track <laughs> with the outside world. Um, mm-hmm. One time I dropped my phone in a pool and I didn't have like, my phone was turned off for like two days and it was like, such a weird effect on my mental state just to like not really have any connection to the outside world um it is really have you ever been i've been to fire island a few times yeah Yeah. and it's i mean i for me i think and the rest of the country also probably Mm. is experiencing the hatred of fire island considering the coronavirus pandemic and the homosexuals that had to party during it Mm -hmm. in fire island and i think like it became like that became the moment of like this is what fire island is to me every time I've been is that weekend, yeah. that 4th of July party I think weekend. It's, I think Fire Island's what you make it. I think that like, you know, that's definitely a part of it, but I think there's also people that go there and don't even leave the house and don't do things like, you know, that there's so many different parts of Fire Island. There's also a huge senior community and older people, mm-hmm. you know, that. Well, yeah. that was Elliot. Elliot would always go with his ex uh, and he would like bring a book yeah. And they'd be like, like dancing and rubbing like their booty hose in his face while he's like trying to read. And I think, (laughs) I think at the time he said he like, he's like, it's fun. It's fun. But I, uh, yeah, I, 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 at the time I was like, it's fun. It's fun. But I really wasn't having a good time. (laughs) Well, I mean, ultimately Brent's right. Like I would go with like my ex, um, I would go with him and his friends and, um, uh, it was it was a uh, it was it was a struggle for me. It was a struggle for me. Yeah. But I will say there was one time uh, to um, where we we always stayed in like a dump. Like we stayed in a, a dump. Um, oh, those are the best places, though. Ugh. I always talk about this. Ugh. Sometimes the grossest houses are the ones with like the 
the best you know what i mean like you don't like they just you, they feel lived in and you just yeah like, like if you feel like you're gonna get herpes from it like you know yeah it's a good why one why is there dishware at the bottom of the pool i don't yeah. horrifying. Yeah. we're just gonna <laughs> so we're gonna make it work we of course it works showers broke and so we were lucky enough to find somebody who like let us use the showers in his house Shower. and so we all went like one at a time to use the bath shower <laughs> and after i went and used it i was like super you know uh, gracious and thankful mm -hmm. and i was like are you going to tea or whatever like the, the afternoon <laughs> tea. dance tea? tea or whatever whatever tea morning tea. i don't know if it's afternoon tea morning tea <laughs> but i was like are you going to the tea dance and he was like he was like in his 50s and he was like oh god no and i was like you're not and he's like no i haven't been to i haven't been to the tea dance in since 1979 he was like, yeah, i haven't been in like 15 years <laughs> and i was like yeah really because i didn't know I never would have guessed. That you didn't know that you couldn't go. Yeah, I didn't right. know there was an option yeah. <laughs> that you, an option of living on Fire Island or vacationing there, where you could go you and go not the right do the same. And, you know. Yeah, not do yeah. what everyone else was doing. So I was sort of like, up until that point, I was kind of like trying to just check off the list of you know doing what everyone mm -hmm. else was doing until yeah. eventually I was like, I like my book, I like my dogs, I like yeah. my, you know. I distinctly I, remember one time in Fire Island years ago when I used to live in New York that hmm. everyone was out by the pool and they were all like yelling for me to come out by the pool. And I remember <laughs> yelling, not until I'm finished with postcards from the edge, <laughs> which is a, and it's true. And I had to finish it. And, and you know what, what? it fair, was you worth never it. Want postcards from the edge to end. No, you, you never do. So. Shirley MacLaine, it twirled up. It's, it's the best moment in cinema history. So what did you do this? Did you do the Fire Island this summer? I went once this summer, yeah, with a group of friends um, yeah, that what were is... in my kind of small social cell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you go to the bar, though? Did you hang sense. out? Were you a part of the parties? What was that like? Tell, give us No, we went to one drag performance um, by the pool, but they had, like, tables that were really spread apart from each other. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't stay that long because it started to rain, so that was kind of, like, great because, to be honest, I don't really like sitting through drag performances and it's nothing against drag i just don't like sitting through performances i don't even like going to concerts mm -hmm. same i hate so, live music i just I like hate don't live music i don't really like crowds you would think i would be the opposite but i don't mind going to a large party but i'm usually if i go to a party or something or some kind of event i love just finding one person and sitting in the corner mm -hmm. and talking by the fire exit. and people watching yes. and that yeah um but it was fun yeah and and so has i guess has like the has being gay in COVID in New York, have you found that to be particularly challenging? Like, has it been I a like strange experience? Cause we're on, we're all in LA. Not, yeah, um, no, I wouldn't say. I think that like, honestly, I'm one of the few people that I know that have like blossomed through oh my God. quarantine. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm like, at a, I feel more creative than I've ever felt. I feel like I'm an only child. So I grew up alone a lot of the time anyway. So it's really no fucking issue for me to just stay inside and locked. Like that was heaven for me when it was cold outside. <laughs> I'm one of the few people like I like have never felt better. From oh my I mean, God. I definitely have like impending fear hearing like the ambulances every night and in the fireworks era. But honestly, 2020 hasn't really been that bad. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, sorry to anyone that had anyone that died of COVID, but hmm. you know, but I, <laughs> there's definitely like bad parts of it. But yeah. I think that like, um, I'm one of those people that like, I, I really enjoy my alone time. While I do enjoy like crowds and seeing people, I really um, don't have well, a problem I, I think in FaceTimes. Like one of the things that I think, and that's the same, it's the same for here too. Uh -huh. The like gay, the gay community in urban cities, specifically like, you know, New York, yeah. Los Angeles, San Francisco, DC, cities like Chicago, there is this sort of like, 
obsessive need to be out and to that stems and that well to be seen sure but i also think that stems from like the whole idea of the bar being sort of like our church in a way it was like a, a space of of being seen and valued I, and appreciated and and I get covid that. sort of in, in, interfered with that in a really bad way and i think people and probably gonna get dragged for this but people need to find fucking hobbies outside of going to brunch or drinking or the bar like there are so many other things that people can be doing and people are acting like it was the end of the fucking world because they couldn't go to the club or to brunch and it's just like they're they're losing their minds and we're mm -hmm. seeing spikes here in new york already again but it's just like people need to find some hobbies and really be okay being alone it really was yeah. something <laughs> as power nothing more powerful than aoc saying like what did she say? Like, you're not going back to brunch. Like, that's just not, it's not, yeah. it's not happening. <laughs> There's way bigger problems. Like, I just, you know. It's just, I, you're not yeah. going back to brunch. It's like, and it's fine. We have to deal with that. I mean, I will be, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm optimistic in the sense and I'm still sort of uh, impressed that for the most part, people have adjusted without, you know, going nuts to this new world yeah. that we never would have expected. But yeah. I think yeah, a lot you're of right. peaks and valleys, but I'm on a high right now. I mean, listen, I'm on day four of Death Watch and I'm fucking living. <laughs> I know this is fucking terrible and people are going to drag me for this too, but uh, he's got to go. Did you just, uh, yeah, I was just told you about, it. I just saw the video of him walking up the stairs oh, of the White House yes. and he just was huffing and puffing. Oh and I was my like, God. Ooh. Yeah, Corona is doing a two-step on. His I mean, I'll be I honest though. Like when when all of that, whenever whenever Trump got COVID, one of the biggest things that I said from the very beginning is, I, I don't wish ill or death on anybody. I don't like that. I don't want no, that. But but that, that said, but, yeah. but that said, <laughs> I want him to feel the beautiful wonder of losing. Like I want, yeah. I want him to have a healthy, healthy recovery so that he can feel, feel what it's like to if lose. he didn't exist, but we can deal with that when, <laughs> when it comes, you know yes. what I'm saying? But yes. it is what it is. Like in yeah. his own words, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was such a fun time. Uh, where can everybody find you online? I mean, obviously we said at the beginning, but it's yeah. Pet Shop Boy on Instagram. Um, I'm the underscore Pet Shop Boy on Twitter. I don't really tweet a lot, but I retweet a ton of stuff. And my um, podcast is called The B List with Pet Shop Boy. Sounds good. Thanks um, for being here. Yeah. Thanks. Of course. Yeah. Take care. Thank Thank you and another thing. So a story came out recently about how the producers of Friends, uh, apparently initially they had uh, a, 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 um, a, a, uh, they plan to make Chandler on Friends gay. Mm, that's um, obvious. Of course, they then they then of course uh, of course uh, avoided controversy. Avoided that. Chose not to, and instead preyed on his potential to be gay as homophobia. And if you go back and watch Friends now, it can be quite. Um, There's quite that one episode, cringy. that famous episode where he like where the boss thought he was gay or something, and it was like a whole episode that was the joke of him trying to prove that he's not gay. Yeah, there, mm. I also watch an episode. I don't watch it, yeah, but that's me watched. all the time. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I've never had like full on uh, friends nostalgia in the way that I think is that happens now with like even seeing shirts with the friends logo everywhere. Friends everywhere, everywhere, right? yeah, everywhere again, yeah, everywhere. And I, I, I never had a full blown like nostalgia for the show, but I've poked around and watched a couple episodes here and there. And there was one recently where um, the boss was like hitting him mm -hmm. on his ass and like. It was, it's just like, it's like, oh, this is like sexual harassment, but they frame it as being this like goof. I, I, all I can say is like, I remember distinctly back then too, that the homophobia around potentially being seen as gay for anybody on the show, but specifically Chandler was pretty, um, pretty 
significant and, yeah. and, and pretty awful. And so, um, you know, with that question being set, with that point being made, I wonder if if Chandler were actually gay after all, and you grew up watching Friends, you know, how would that have affected you as a as a teenager? And also, were there other characters on TV shows that you wished were gay? Mm. Yeah, I so this, I, I don't know, like, I remember when I look back and think about the characters and the people I knew were gay on TV, they were, they were always, as I put in, in the document, they were always the flamers, uh, Rip Taylor, Christopher Lowell, um, Christopher Lowell, Christopher Lowell, to a lesser extent, Nathan Lane, because I remember like whenever he would do like SNL in the 90s, he was always like in drag the whole time, or like, mm-hmm. you know, always had one or two pieces where he was in drag um and so but like i of course i supported that and i don't know i i don't know if like it would have made me fundamentally think differently about who i am or what gay people were but i will say i think um uh leo dicaprio on growing pains remember he was on growing pains yeah. for like a oh, season yeah. and sure. like every closeted kid in the world was like obsessed with and wasn't he like some like well he was he, like, like a, a Teeny bopper. Yeah, he, he was, was homeless. adopted. Yeah, yeah. homeless. Yeah, homeless. yeah, yeah. He was homeless. Um, so I think, uh, in a weird way, I think if he had been gay, I think that would have like triggered those like weird like butterflies you get. It's yeah. like, it's like kind of like a you know prepubescent like ten year old, but still kind of like you know uh, uh, finding yourself like tr- attracted to to things and people on TV. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have like maybe made a difference, but I don't. I don't think if Chandler Bing had been like a gay man, I would have yeah, had I a never, different experience. I never had that either. I mean, I think I think we kind of grew up. I mean, we grew up in an era where there were a lot of sort of very gay equivalent, equaled feminine, equaled sort yeah. of flamboyant, equal the comic shtick sort of era. And there the were Jim very, J. Bullocks. The Jim J. Bullock, yeah. but even yeah. but this was but this was even after Jim J. Bullock. I mean, this was like Jim J. Bullock is almost dating yourself in that like it's like this yeah. we're talking like you know like what like sort of that nathan lane mid 90s the yeah, bird yeah, cage yeah. era of, the red-headed of, guy on ellen the red-headed guy on ellen was a great is a great example <laughs> of that yeah and he oh he was the one that ellen kind of came out to at first like I, and helped, i guess and i just suppressed her. him well and like I suppressed him so i feel like that was so everywhere that the idea of even thinking about a character just casually being gay would have been awesome for me but i think for me like the person who was casually gay, and even though he was effeminate, he wasn't like flamboyantly effeminate, was Ricky on My So-Called Life. And I get that he was already gay, but like that to me was like such a huge moment of, oh, you don't have to necessarily be the crazy flamboyant old comedy shtick. You can actually like lead a dramatic story in a show and have feelings. And there's nuance to that character. And even Nathan Lane in The Birdcage offered nuance to the gay character that I had never seen before on film ever. Um, yeah, I, I, I would have had Leo too. Leo would have been huge on Growing Pains for me. Mm, I would yeah. have equated, see, I equated Ricky on my so-called life to um, the idea of coming out and then immediately being ridiculed or beat up or this, you know, like the the um, like prey to, to bullies. And so that was, I had this bizarre sort of equivalent where I thought, oh, if I come out, I'm going to become Ricky. Mm. So for me, I think if Chandler had been gay, that would have been, you know, it would have been f- nice to see some sort of comic character who wasn't necessarily tragic um, as, you know, as sort of a... Sorry, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep shushing you. I didn't Bridget's dying to say I'm this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did just realize, though, in the middle of this, that 
it was, we've talked about this briefly before, but uh, Real World New Orleans featured mm. Danny. Danny. Yeah, Danny. Who was mask, dare I suggest. Not that I support uh, mask <laughs> any more or less than femme, but he was mask and he was like a, he was what I viewed as like a normal gay guy. And I remember being obsessed. You weren't alone. Him. Everybody was everyone. I think everyone in, you know, you guys were in probably college. Everyone in middle school <laughs> at the time was like, this guy is like, this is exactly what I want with my life. So I, I will say that was very influential. And that was also, like sixth, seventh grade, I think. You brought up, I mean, this is on your list, Elliot, but like, it made me think that like Jonathan Taylor Thomas would have been also a game changer if he oh, was yeah. like, because he had done, he did a gay film called like, I think Common, Common Ground. Ground. Yeah, Common Ground. And to me, when I saw that, I was <laughs> like oh, a straight actor doing gay and like a young straight actor doing gay was like i hadn't seen that you know what i mean and it, it almost felt like oh you accept us i want to see your dick more you see, know what's interesting oh, sorry okay no go ahead brent no no, no go. i was gonna say for me there were other characters that i listed who i think would have been um profoundly <laughs> influential if they had been gay for me tony on blossom the like jewish looking brother not joey lawrence um, if he had been gay, that would have been pretty cool. Here comes the list. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think Doug, you know, from Doug. I think. <laughs> oh my God, I, I Elliot! Like, You're just being my... funny there. No, I would have oh loved God. if Doug was gay. And then also, honestly, literally, if anybody on a different world were gay, I. I, I already just wanted to, I just wanted to be at that school already. <laughs> and so if there was like a gay character, I think it would have just made even more sense for me to want to mm. go to that school. Mm -hmm. I also bet Simpsons, I thought, I think did a really kind of smart storyline about a gay character that was voiced by John Waters. I bet it was sometime in the nineties. I don't think it would have been after 2000. And I thought that was a really smart, it was really, I thought brilliantly done because it represented, you know, Homer's, you know, conservative, dare I say, toxic masculine approach to homosexuality and the John Waters character kind of like warming, you know, warming up to him over time and winning him over ultimately. You know what um, show did that was that a really also? smart storyline, I thought. But I'm sure some people would be appalled by it now, but it's actually quite smart for whatever year that was. They did that so long ago. I just remembered they did that, a similar story to that, but I can't believe how early they did it. It was on All in the Family, where oh, Archie yeah. had like a yeah. friend who was like a cop or something or he was mm -hmm. like a gruff mask man who was his friend and eventually he finds out he's gay and like you see archie's wow. kind of glaze over in like surprise but it was wildly ahead yeah. of its time as that I, show I was had no so idea because that's oh there's that's so many crazy. not so many examples but there are examples like uh on soap billy crystal so, billy was crystal, a trans yeah. was a trans oh, woman right, and like right, right, the right. 70s was i feel like trying to do something trying, and, then yeah. and then ronald reagan came in and fucked the world oh, up here we go it's yeah. reagan's fault again. it is it's all reagan's fault <laughs> What would, what would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's episode? Yeah, you can count. I once kissed a girl and I'm voting for Trump, so you can count <laughs> me in that 15%. <laughs> uh, my, aunt, aunt, my Aunt Joanne would say, put me on the Real Housewives Potomac if there are so many Jews there. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, wait, I thought Eric Trump was the gay one. Have you seen that nose? It's very gay. It's very gay. <laughs>
Well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. I'm H. Allen Scott. Thank you.